I'm still going to be a little bit contained, apparently. You can hear me fine, though. So, it's great to be outdoors. I think that's one thing. Hopefully, you're feeling that breeze that God gives us once in a while, the breath of fresh air. You know that when I uh, wake up, most every morning I wake up, one of the first things I do is I step outside. And I take a big breath. I don't care if it's raining or anything. It kind of refreshes me. gets me awake. And it just kind of clears the fog a little bit. gets me refreshed and renewed and ready to start the day. Um, I usually wake up a little disoriented and a little foggy. And so the fresh air really helps with that. And, uh, and so I, that's what I want to do today. Not just physically, but I want to refresh us spiritually. We've been in this kind of fog for a while. We've been under this COVID rule for a while, and, and we still are, and we might be, but Jesus Christ is still the same yesterday, today, and forever, and God still sits on the throne. And so we worship the same God and the same mighty God, and the God is going to be able to work a, a work in your heart today. And I hope, I hope that you're excited about that, and I hope you're ready for that, and I hope you're willing to receive what he has for you. So I, I think the best place for us to start, to be renewed, to be restored. I've been thinking about this, and the best, best place to start is with the gospel itself. So I'm going to go back to a, a very familiar passage. I'm going to go back to a very familiar verse, one that we all hear probably the most memorized for Christians at least, and that's John 3.16. So if you want to turn your Bibles there, I want you to turn your Bibles there if you have them. Um, if not, you're just going to have to listen closely. But listen closely to the Word of God. Because it's the Word of God that has the power. Not my voice, not what I do, but it's the Word of God, but the power of the Spirit of God that will, that will do a work in your heart. And that will be the only thing that does a work here today. It will be Him. And so I hope you're ready for that. So I want you to turn your Bibles to John 3.16. And, and we're going to read to verses, uh, from 3.16 to verses 3.21. Um, before I do that, let's ask God to give us ears to hear. Father God, we thank you for today. You've already blessed us. You've already given us a new day. And your word says that your mercies are new every morning. So we rely and depend upon that. I thank you for the gifted worship leaders that you've given us this morning to be able to lead us in a time of worship, to prepare our hearts, to worship the God who is worthy of all of our praise to worship the God who, who wants to do a work in our hearts, to worship the God who created us, and not only created us, but bought us back and redeemed us from a place of, uh, of condemnation, a place where we needed to be, a place in right relationship with him. God, I pray, I pray, God, that you would do a work in hearts today. I pray that you would do a work through your word. I pray you would do a work through the spirit that you've given us. And today, this place here would be protected and would be used by you to do great kingdom work here today. I thank you, Lord, in advance for what you're going to do in Jesus' name. Amen. So John 3.16, this is pretty low. I'm not that short even. <laughs> for, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe stands condemned already, because they have not believed in the name of God's one and only son. 
This is the verdict. Light has come into the world, but people love darkness instead of light because their deeds were evil. Everyone, does, everyone who does evil hates the light and will not come into the light for fear that their deeds will be exposed. But whoever lives by the truth comes into the light so that it may be seen plainly that what they have done has been done in the sight of God. I want to focus just on those first few words for a moment, if you'll allow me. For God so loved, for God so loved the world. Who are the world? Who are the world? You're allowed, you're allowed to respond to that. You are. You are, I am, every single person in this. God so loved the world. The Bible says that God so loved the world. You can, put, you can incorporate your name in there. You can put your name in there. Try that for a minute. God so loved Doug. God so loved Doug. God so loved Dennis. Yeah. Put your name in there. Yeah, I know. I know. Even Dennis. But I want, you to, I want you to get personal with me this morning. I don't care if you've heard the gospel, if you've been saved, if you've trusted in Jesus Christ, if you've been walking for 50 years in the Lord. I want you to get serious about listening to what God done. He loved you so much that he gave what? He gave the unthinkable. He gave the most unimaginable gift you could ever imagine. He gave his, his only innocent one and only son for you. Now put that in that statement. God so loved you. God so loved you that he gave, that he gave the greatest gift that could ever be given. I mean, there's nothing equal to it in all of the world. There's no, there's nothing in all creation. There's nothing that ever existed. There's no person and there's no place and there's no thing that equals the worth of Jesus Christ. Even before the cross, he is the one God gave him the, as a gift for you because he loved you that much. Wrap your minds around that. Wrap your minds around that because, because I think that we just read by it and we know it to be true, but we don't think of the significance of it. That's a great work. That's the gift of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Everything else is religion until you understand the gospel of Jesus Christ is that God loved you so much that he gave his one and only son who lived an innocent, perfect life. There is no other, there is no equal, and there is no one of greater worth than him. That's how much God loved you. First of all, God loved you. And then how much did God love you? You know, we think about how much, how great of worth that Jesus Christ has, has and how God gave us him. We, we, we need to wake up, church, because, because we, we can go through the motions without remembering the great cost it costs for you and I to be bought back with a price. We need to remember what he has done for us. The cost was unthinkable. The cost was unimaginable, which, which really reiterates how bad off we were. Now, I'm not trying to make you feel bad or anything. I just want you to know the significance and the importance of what Jesus Christ has done for us, what God has done for us. How bad would we have to be? How bad would we have to be for God to send his one and only son, his precious son? How bad off would we have to be? 
I don't care who you are or where you come back from. You need Jesus Christ. So how bad off are you when you need that? Now, uh, the reason why I say that is because we need to know how bad we are off we are to understand the wonderful gift that has been given to us. Without understanding how bad off we are, we will not understand the gift. So I just need you to remember what the pit that you've been drawn out of. If you are here today in Jesus Christ, if you've trusted in him as your Lord and Savior, then I need, to, I need you to remember what pit you've been drawn out of because I think our victory lies in that understanding. And if you've never received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, I want you to understand this, that, 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 that God loves you. Now, you might think that you're unlovable. You might think that you don't have what it takes. And that's right, you don't. But God does. God does. God loves you beyond what you can do, beyond what, who you are. God loves you right where you're at. It's not just, he did not only just allow his son to die for you, but he actually ordained it. Don't wrap your mind around that. He ordained it for you. He ordained such a thing that the innocent son would bear the torture of man and the wrath that we so deserved. That's the gospel. The wrath that we so deserved, God allowed his son to bear that for us. Now, I know this is a simple truth, and you're going to say, tell me something I don't know. But I want to reiterate this, first of all, because I think our hearts need to be refreshed and renewed with the truths of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And if you're here today and you've already trusted in Jesus Christ, you've got to be rejoicing in your heart just at the message of the gospel. You can't hear enough of it. Is that you? Is that you? Or are you bored with it? Have you become complacent with it? Is that you? Or do you understand the great gift the extremes that God went to to set you free. The extremes that he went to to set you free. There's nothing greater that anyone could ever done. There's no greater love. You know, the refresher reminds us, reminds us that eternal life, that the life that he bought for us is not just an extension. You getting this? It's not just an extension of your life now. That's not eternal life. Eternal life is a perfect fellowship, relationship with God Almighty, which wasn't there before. Now, I, I, I'd like to hear an amen on that. Yeah. That's a perfect relationship with God who created us, who's been, we've been severed by sin, and now we've been redeemed, and we have this great gift that God has given us because he loved us so much. Now, listen to this. Romans 5.8. Listen to this. Romans 5.8. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. While we were still sinners. That means we didn't have any. God didn't say, oh, he's got potential or she's got potential. So I'm just going to see if I can get that, coax that along. No, that's, that means that we are unworthy. That means that we are an enemies of God. That means that when we are at our worst, that Christ died for the ungodly. That means that when we, we, we didn't have anything in and of ourselves to help ourselves, that's when you understand your need for the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's when you need it. That's when you need it. You don't need it when you think you're all good. You need it when you understand that you are ungodly and you do need a Savior and you've been separated from a holy God. Now, it's only going to be the work of God that does a work here today in your heart. And if God is speaking to you, if you've never really experienced the truth of understanding the truth of the gospel, I'm praying that God will speak to you today with revelation of understanding that you will grasp this truth. I need you to see it 
Because without seeing it, you do not experience the great victory. Do you have victory in your life today? Do you have victory? You guys, are, you guys aren't looking like you got a whole lot of victory going on right now. But, but I believe that some of you do. If not, you know, if not many of you do. Do you have victory in your life? Do you live a life of victory? Because, because God didn't just do a cheap throw you out any gift whatsoever. He gave his only son. Not so that you can just live life casually and say, I have a savior. But he gave you the greatest that he, the greatest that ever existed. His greatest. His greatest he gave you. Wow. He gave me. I'm not just saying, I'm preaching to the choir. He gave me. Understanding. Now, the understanding of the belief is often the problem. Because he says, he says um, the kind of love that God gives is perfect love. Absolute perfect love. Now, we can have a hard time wrapping our minds around that. The only way that we receive it, according to Scripture, by personal faith in this great act of God and the perfect, in the perfect obedience of His Son on our behalf. That's the only way we can receive or understand this absolute perfect love. Now, the text goes on to point out that God did not send His, world, his, his Son to condemn the world. He did not send His Son to condemn the world. Isn't that good news? I mean, the Gospels get a bad reputation because, because, because the truth about the Gospel is that, that God did not send His Son to condemn. He did not send Him to condemn. You know why? Because the world's already under condemnation. It's already there. It's already under condemnation. And we see the brokenness and the messiness of this world. We see it in our own lives. And we understand that the world is already condemned. But God sent His Son to rescue us out of that condemnation. Not because we deserve it, but because he is so loving. He's got a perfect love for us. And when, you, and when you put your name to it, you understand that God loves you. He loves you and he wants to rescue you. He wants to rescue you from condemnation, from the condemnation that you so deserve. So, who, uh, for God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned. But whoever does not, does not believe in him, is condemned already. Now, let me ask you a question. Have you ever asked the question, why, why would anybody refuse such a gift? If God has gone through extremes to give us this gift, and you receive this gift because you understand, what would cause people not to receive such a wonderful gift as this? You know, when Lil and I were on vacation, just coming back from vacation, excuse me, when we were on vacation, we, we had the chance to engage in a little cable TV. To watch a little cable TV. Now, that's kind of a treat for us until we watch a little bit of it and then we realize why we don't have it. But, but, but we, we, we watched a couple of shows. Now, I watched a show called Hoarders. It was sad. Like Lil said, I, I can't watch any more of that. <laughs> You know, it's sad. It was a sad show. But the whole idea of hoarders, if you don't, if you don't know this, this, this show, is that these people, they, they, they get caught up in this stuff thing. And they accumulate stuff. And lots and lots of stuff. And they fill their homes with this stuff. And it's, and it's overwhelmingly so, so much that it gets rodent infested and it gets unlivable and they can't, and they can't even live in their home anymore. Because they're full of this, they get attached to these things and this stuff, and they fill their house up with it. 
And it's so sad because they live in their filth and they live in the rodents and they live in an unhealthy place. And so loved ones come along and they want to help them. They want to, want to help them get out of this mess. But the hoarders usually reject that. They find this is not a good thing because they want, they want their stuff. They want their stuff. So they look at the one who's trying to help them as an enemy. They want to hang on to the things that they have accumulated. They want to sit in their filth. They want to sit in this stuff. They'd rather have the things than to be helped at all. They'd rather have that. Now, now in this world, we, we, we grab on to these things of the world. We hang on to these things of the world. This world is broken, is messed up. But there's an unhealthy love for the things of this world, even though it's messed up. And we, and, we, and we can cling to these things. We can cling to these things over the love of God. God says, I want to rescue out of you out of that. Just like the hoarders, and, and oftentimes people will say, reject that because they think of the person that's trying to rescue them as an enemy. But God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world. He sent his son into the world to save the world. So the gospel of Jesus Christ is not a message of condemnation, but a message of salvation for anyone who would leave the things of this world and the selfish desires of their own heart and turn themselves over to God and make him Lord and make Jesus Christ Savior for them. That is what it's all about. That is the message of the gospel. It's not hate. It's not judgment. It is a message of salvation for those who would receive this wonderful gift that God has given them. That is what God has done for mankind. That is what God has done for us. And that is exciting in our, our own hearts. So, let's look on. He says, uh, whoever... Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe in him is condemned already because they do not believe in the name of God's one and only Son. This is the verdict. Light has come into the world, but people love darkness instead of light because their deeds were evil. Light comes into the world, which is Jesus Christ himself, but people love the things of the world and they wanted to rule their own lives. That's the problem. They love living contrary to making Jesus Christ Lord. It says, because there's, a, it gets a little more real than that. It says, it says the, the darkness, the light, the text gets a little more real. And it says, it's, it's about this unhealthy love for evil deeds. Now we have this idea that evil is murder and rape and, 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 and things like that. We don't, we don't c- contribute evil often to other things like sexual uh, immorality or, or slander or greed. We don't usually treat, oh, that's bad, but it's not evil. That's, and that's how we think. But, but the Bible describes evil as this. Get this. Get this. Get this. The Bible describes evil as this. As those things that you love contrary to God. As those things you love and you put before God as evil. Those things that you say are more important than serving God as evil. Those are more things that you say that I don't care that he created me. I'm on my own. I'm living my own life and I'm doing my own thing. And I don't care. I, I, I don't care about what he's given me. That is evil. That is evil. And, and so we love, the, the world loves us evil more than they love God. That's what it comes down to. So Christian, this is where it gets real for us. Are you ready for this? This is where it gets real for Christians, Okay. Because I'm going to tell you, I'm going to, I'm going to ask you some questions. I'm going to make you a little accountable here. And I'm making myself accountable too. Don't worry, I'm not counted out of this, okay? 
So I'm not standing out here just preaching to you without preaching to myself. Okay? God went to such extremes that we would be delivered from such evils of this world and he, that held us captives and to the desires that placed place us under judgment, he, that those things that placed us under judgment and condemnation from the one who created us, those things that when we rebelled against God in our own hearts, the Bible says every single one of us have done that, right? We've all rebelled against God. God. The thing that separates us from God is our sin. That means going our own way, doing our own thing, loving the created things rather than the creator. And that's, what, that's what evil is. And so, so, so those things that happen, if God has gone to such extremes to rescue us out of that, to rescue us out of that, to bring us out of that, what are we doing? What does it mean for you to be a Christ follower? What are you doing with this great gift that God has given you? This is where it gets serious, right? Where, what does it mean for you to be a Christ follower? Because that's what a Christian means. You can bear the name. You can talk the talk. You can even know the word. You can even do, you can even do the odd good work. But where is it that your life has been surrendered to Jesus Christ? Where is the proof that you have surrendered your life, that he is Lord of your life over all things? Have you conformed back to the ways of the world? Are you going to follow Jesus Christ? Ask yourself the question. Ask yourself, this is where it gets serious. How much time do I spend pursuing and acquiring the earthly treasures and, and treasures and pleasures? How much time do you spend acquiring or seeking the earthly pleasures and treasures? How much effort do you put into that? How much time and resources is spent on the things that will be burned up in the fire, that will be left behind, that will fall under this condemnation rule when God wipes this out and starts a new earth? How much love and time and effort are you putting into that? How much time are you investing in that? How much of your resources are you investing in that? How? Oh, ouch. 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 As, what has God saved you from? What has God saved you from? See, now this is not, our citizenship isn't here, is it? If you have been redeemed, if you have trusted in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, your citizenship, you are just a visitor here, and your citizenship is in heaven. And all your investment and all your energy and all that you do and all that you pray for and all that you seek after should be for the eternal kingdom of God. And that's what we need to long for and hunger for. We need to see it fulfilled Hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Matthew 6, 33. But seek first the kingdom of righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. We know this verse. We kind of think of it as a suggestion. But God didn't give it. Jesus didn't give it to us as a suggestion. He says, if you really want to know what it's like to follow me, this is what it's like. Seek first the kingdom of righteousness. Seek first the kingdom of God. Seek first that, then all things. That's what it means to follow me. It wasn't a suggestion for believers. It was saying, this is how it's going to be for you. You're going to seek first his kingdom. You're going to honor him with seeking his kingdom. What are your major goals? Ask yourself this question. Now, are you listening? Are you listening to me? I need everybody to listen to me just, just for a second. I remember, I'm not, preaching, I'm not preaching condemnation. I'm just saying that that means something to be a follower of Christ. I'm asking you, what are your greatest goals in life? What do you desire most? Are they to see the world know Jesus? The incredible gift offered up to us? Is it to know God's love? Is that, that your greatest goal in life? 
Because I'm telling you, I'm just going to tell you straight up. If it's not, there's something wrong with your Christianity. Because God gives us a hunger and thirst to see people come to know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. That is the greatest gift ever given to mankind. And if it isn't our hunger and thirst to see others know it, then there's something wrong with our understanding of what that gift means. Because as a church, this world should be rocking to know that that the we that the world come to know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. It should be a priority. Now get this. It should be a priority for us, for our children. It, it should be a priority. How much time and how much effort and how much prayer and how much kneel time on your knees do you spend seeking to, that your children will come to know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior? Do you understand the significance of it? Do you let them just live and let live? Because it's hard. Or do you have a desire to see them come to know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior? I know the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as this. But they're not going to get kids forever. You know, is it a worry? Is it a concern on your heart? Do you take advantage of every opportunity to allow them to learn about Jesus? Do you? Is it that important to you? Is it that important to you that they will come to know Jesus? Do you know what it means for them not to know Jesus? Do you know that? Aren't they precious? Don't you love them? What is the greatest thing you could do for them? You could teach them about Jesus Christ. You could, you could allow them to be engaged in teaching about Jesus Christ. You could do all you can to do to tell them about Jesus Christ. Don't ignore this important truth. But if you are a Christian, if you're serious about following Jesus Christ, if you truly believe in it, how can you ignore it? Don't let this world get you complacent. Don't let this world get you complacent. For them to learn about God and hear about the gospel and understand the gospel should burden your soul. It should burden your soul. I'm getting real with you today, church. I'm, I'm getting real with you today because, because God's been getting real to me in my heart. And he's saying, what are you doing? Are you serious about this message? Are you, do you understand the significance of this message? Do you understand the change in the world if we lived out this message in our lives, what we could do in this world in the name of Jesus Christ? Are you allowing them to do whatever they want? Now, this shouldn't, this shouldn't, this shouldn't burden you down. This shouldn't make you feel guilty, but this should set your heart on fire and say, yes, because this is what it does for me. Uh, you know, I can, feel, I can feel a little bit of guilt. I can feel a little bit of, uh, of understanding that maybe I'm not doing all I should be doing. But you know what it does? It drives me to renewal. It drives me to refreshing. It drives me to look at the gospel and say, yes, Jesus, I want you to have my all in all. And I want to do for you whatever I can do. You've bought and paid for me. You've paid the greatest price. And I will serve you with all of my heart, all of my, all of my strength. I will give you all that I am. Because I am a believer in Jesus Christ. And I have been redeemed. And I am a child of God. And that makes a big difference for me. And I will walk in this world shining, shining like the light. Shining like the light that, that, that God wants me to be. Are you allowing him to do whatever are you allowing your children to do whatever they want? Should their relationship with Christ be the most important part of what they need to know? Shouldn't it be? How, much, how important do you see your, your place in your relationship? How, how do other people see you in your relationship with Jesus? 
Ask yourself that question. I hope that you're I hope that you remember that God so loved the world through all this. But I can't tell you to get excited about the gospel unless you understand what it means to live for the gospel of Jesus Christ. I mean, we got to put our words into action, don't we? Don't we got to do something about it? Now, now that's, I'm just not throwing you to the wind and go saying, go do something. I want to help those especially who have come to open arms. We want to engage in this, in this relationship with Jesus Christ. And I want to help you grow in that. And I want, to, I want a new initiative to, to, to make opportunities, to give you opportunities to know what it really means to be a Christ follower. Are you on board for that? Are you on board for that? Are you ready to give your life over to him without compromise? Are you ready to do that? To dig into his word? Are, um, are, are, your, are your knees wore out for others? You know, I get convicted here. Oh, thank you, God, for that breeze. Are you guys getting some of that? Uh, believe it or not, I'm a little hot up here. Are your knees wore out for others for to, know what the, to get them to know Christ? Do you grab a hold of every opportunity? This is where it gets down to your own personal walk. Do you grab a hold of every opportunity to worship God with others and to hunger? Uh, so great to see you here today. You've chosen Jesus Christ above all the yard sailing and everything else. I don't know what you're doing afterwards, but, but, but this is where you've chosen to be today. Are your knees wore out? Do you grab hold of every opportunity to worship God with others? Do you hunger and thirst for the word of God so that you may know him better? Do you place earthly pleasures and hobbies and selfish desires over the blessings to get together with, his brothers, with brothers and sisters in Christ? Do you place other things in priority over that? Or do you love to just to dig into his word, to know him better? Jesus is living a life living with a life for Jesus is to seek what God has for us, to give him glory. Is it your desire that people would know him? Do you spend your time and resources for the earthly kingdom? Do you, it's, it's time to call us as Christians. It's time to call us to action, not apathy or complacency. Not apathy or complacency. You know what? It's hard in this world, isn't it? I'm not, I'm not, I'm not saying it's easy. It's hard in this world to live as a Christian. It is because you have the world fighting against you and you have the devil fighting against you and then your, only, your own heart fights against you at times. But I want to tell you something. There's nothing more worth it. There's nothing more worth it. It is worth it to serve him, to give him your life. People lay down their lives for Jesus Christ. Because why? Because it is worth it because they serve an eternal kingdom. They understand the redemption that is bought for them. It is worth it. It is, if you are truly a Christian, then you understand the great sacrifice that was made for you. You understand what you have been saved from. And to be followers of Christ, we are on a mission to let the world know, to let children know, to learn and grow, to be more like Christ so that people will see the light in the darkness. People will see our actions are the light that is attractive as Christ was. Matthew 5:15 Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl instead they put it on a stand and if it gives light as it gives light in 
to everyone in that house? Are you a light for Jesus Christ? Are you? Should you be? Would you like help getting there? Don't worry, I'm not going to let you on fire or anything. I, I, but I think as a church, I, I take a responsibility as a leader of open arms. I take a responsibility to, to, to allow opportunities for you to grow and to become more Christ-like and know what it's like to be a Christ follower. And as I open up those doors, as we open up those doors as a, as a leadership team, as we open up those doors to make that opportunity happen, are you willing to walk through those doors? Are you willing to be stand up for Jesus Christ? Are you willing to put aside your desires and hungers and treasures, the pleasures and treasures of this world to serve the kingdom of God? Are you willing? That's the question you need to ask yourself because the doors are going to open up. And, you're, and, and, and if you want to be a Christian by name only, you can sit in the bleachers. But if you want to stand up for Jesus Christ, I want to see doors open up to help you Engage and learn what that means and to be accountable and to put the, those words into action. To purge your life. Uh, we're, we're not the light, but we reflect the light. I'm asking you, church, just if you will just, just entertain this thought for me. To be illumination, Christ illumination in a dark and broken world. Don't be a Christian by name only, but seek to do great things in his name. Purge your life of the things that hinder your walk with Christ. Fight on your knees for your children and your loved ones and your enemies and yourself. Fight on your knees for them. Love everyone and love with the love that Christ has shown you. But don't compromise scripture. It is the foundation of your faith. Clinging to it. Keep because it keeps you on a straight path. Confess where you need to confess. Forgive where you need to forgive. Give where you need to give. Be generous beyond this world can ever understand. Give yourself over to Christian service. Waste no more time. Waste no more time investing in this world. Be sold out for Jesus. He has paid for us with a full, paid for us in full with his precious blood. The Bible is clear. The moment we are saved, we receive the Spirit of God. Andrew talked about it last week. Remember? The Spirit of God. We receive the Spirit of God. That means that he's given us gifts to be able to serve him. 1 Peter 4.10, each of you should do, use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in various forms. With the Holy Spirit, we are gifted specifically to serve the body and to serve the kingdom of God. We have been equipped, so there's no excuse. The proper response to a Christian when a brother or sister comes alongside them and says, you know what, you're going astray, the proper response is repentance and turning back to God. That's the proper response for anyone who belongs to Jesus Christ. And we should not be afraid to come alongside and want to restore one another in right relationship with Jesus Christ. We should not be afraid of that. And it should be something that we respond to well. Now, I'm going to challenge you with this, okay? Moses brought the law to the Israelites, okay? And we're not under the law. We're under grace, okay? So understand that. But Moses brought the law to the Israelites. And you know what they said to him in one voice? You know what they said to him in one voice? He says, after he's read it to them, we will do whatever God wants us to do. We'll do whatever God commands, whatever his word says. We will do it. 
in one voice. In one voice. Now, it's one thing to say that. It's another thing to do it, isn't it? It's one thing to say it. It's another thing to do it. I figure this is an opportunity to separate the sheep from the goats. Are you serious about following Jesus Christ? Are you serious about the gift he's given you? I mean, we've already talked about the wonderful gift of Jesus Christ. Are you serious? Will you say, are you scared to say, God, I will do whatever you want me to do? You do that? You do that? I, I want to hear a, 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 a crowd-pleasing amen on that. I taught this message, Refresh and Renew, because, and, and you know, if, if you feel like, I hope you don't feel guilty. I hope you feel like, you know what, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wake up here. I'm going to stick my head outside, and I'm going to get some fresh air, and I'm going to think again about what Jesus Christ did for me and paid my sin debt in full. Van's going to come up and sing another song. And uh, as they're doing so, I'd ask you, I'm going to close in prayer in a moment. But I'm going to ask, I'm going to ask those who are willing, those who are willing to renew and refresh their relationship with Jesus Christ because we've got kind of stagnant a little bit. I know I have. That you come up after they're singing. You come up here and I'm going to pray with, and we're going to pray together. I'm going to ask you if, to make a commitment to be renewed and refreshed for Jesus Christ. So in that prayer, we're just going to say, God, Want you. Now, if you're uncomfortable coming up, I understand. But if you're here today and you've never received Jesus Christ, you've never understood it, but today you'd say, you know what? <laughs> I see what he's done for me, and I understand that he's come to rescue me, and I understand he loved me. So today I want to give my heart to Jesus Christ. I'm going to give you that opportunity as well. So if you want to come up, whether you want to renew your faith in Jesus or you just want to give your heart to Jesus Christ, I'm going to ask you to come up after this song. I'm going to invite you, okay? So be ready for that. This is not a common thing they do today and kind of put you on the spot. But what it's really doing is saying, I'm willing to stand up for Jesus Christ. That's what it's doing. Okay? So we're going to hear another song.